lovely to see you. Thanks, Lisa. I uh, just want to honour Rod and Helen, Harry, stand up as really generals of Christianity. And we love you and we honour you. We honour you. These people, if you can get around them at the end of the service, even just get a hug from Helen. Just get Rod to look into your eyes. And it's like being with Jesus, I tell you. When Rod and Helen speak with you, it's like being with Jesus. And they spoke into our lives a while ago now, Rod. It was a couple of years ago, and I've never forgotten it. It was like a shift in my heart when he spoke to us, and I'm, I just love it. I just love it when they come to visit us. You know, I don't know if you can hear it or not, but there's a cry. There's a cry right now. Right now, there's a cry from the heart of God. And this cry from God has been the same through the centuries, through the years. It has been the same. But with each year, it increases in intensity. Because with each passing year, the heart cry of God becomes louder and more intense. And this is what God is saying. Why? Why are you satisfied without my presence? Why? Why church? Why Christian? Why young person? Why older person? Are you satisfied day in and day out without my presence? You see... In this scripture here, let's have a look at this scripture in Acts 17 and verse 28. And they'll come up here if that will help you. I was reading this yesterday and God just like whacked me with it. Ever done that with scripture where God just, it's just one scripture. But listen, this is the living word. And it's the bread of life. And when you have a scripture that leaps out at you, begin to eat it. You know what I'm saying? Don't just flick over and go, that was nice. No, begin to look into it and let it come alive inside of you and let it live. It's the living word. It's alive and active. And when you read it and when you meditate on his word day and night, there comes life inside of you. Amen? And this scripture was doing this to me yesterday. And it says, Acts 17, 28, for in him, everyone say in him. We live, we move, and we have our being. Say that with me again. In him, we live and move and have our being. The question I want to ask you tonight is, are you in him? Now you would say, oh, Pastor Julie, I'm a Christian. Of course I'm in him. Now I didn't ask him, was he in you? I didn't ask you, was he in you? If you're a born-again Christian, Jesus Christ lives inside of you. Is that right? Roy, when you became born again, did Jesus come live in you? Amen. And, and because Jesus comes to live inside of you, you're born again and you're a new creation. Is that right? And so Jesus is in you. Is that right? Mm-hmm. But my question isn't, is Jesus in you? And if you're not born again tonight... Pastor Phil will ask you that question at the end of the service. He always does. But my question is, are you in him? 
Are you in Him? To be in someone, you have to spend time with them, to be in them, to be a part of their very being. You need to become one with them. You need to understand their character. You need to understand their likes and dislikes. You need to understand their moods, their feelings, their heartbeat. John the disciple was so close to the very heart of Jesus. He would lay his head upon Jesus' breast and listen to the heartbeat of Jesus. Are you in him? Do you hear his heart? Do you feel his breath upon your face daily? Do you feel his hand upon your shoulder? Do you feel the wind of his spirit behind you telling you when to turn right and when to turn left? Are you in him? Let's look at this scripture in John 17, verses 20 to 23. This was the last prayer that Jesus really prayed when he knew that he was going to be with his father. And he knows he's been with these disciples. He's been with them and he's loved them so much. Can you imagine spending three years with someone day in, day out, spending three years with people? He was so close to them. He loved them so much. In fact, where the disciples went after Jesus had died and they turned cities and nations upside down, It was said of them, and we knew that these men had been with Jesus. Let's let's rephrase that. And they knew that these men had been in Jesus. Amen? In him, with him, one with him, together with him, united with him, bonded with him, in synergy with him, in flow with him. Amen? to his very heartbeat, to his very breath. And here in John 17, I'll go back to verse 20. He's praying for all the believers. And he says, my prayer, this is Jesus. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Is that you tonight? Did you believe in Jesus because of the message that the disciples brought through the word of God. Amen. And so this is you. And listen to this. This is his prayer. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me. Father, just as you are in me. And I am in you. May they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. Isn't that fantastic? When you think about it like that, Father, you're in me, Jesus said, and I am in you. Let them also be in us, that the world may know that you have sent me. In the day of Pentecost, they were in one spirit, in one mind, waiting, waiting because Jesus had said to wait. They were one, and the Spirit was poured out. 
And today we sit in the glory of God because the disciples chose to be in him on that day. What about if there were days that have passed where he had called you to be in him and you were distracted and missed? What if you missed the day of Pentecost like hundreds the hundreds that went away and were distracted and didn't wait, didn't hear the voice or what the Spirit was saying at that time, and they missed it. This is the same feeling I'm getting about these days that we're living in. Don't miss out. Don't be distracted. Be in Him. Be in Him. Be in Him. Amen. And it says, for in him, in him we live. You know, with so much of our time, we separate apart and we say, so this is God time. This is church time. Maybe connect group time is cool and worship practice and church. And then the rest of my time is my time. Amen. But he's saying in him, for in him we live. So if I'm alive and I'm breathing right now, that means that this very moment I need to be in him. No matter what my life brings me, no matter what I do with my life, no matter how I live, I have to live it in him. If I go to the supermarket, I am in him. You know, we went to, um, we never do this on a Sunday because we consecrate ourselves. But our very dear friend, Neil Joseph, turned 50. And so we felt we had to just feel we needed to do the speeches for him. And so we just went there to do the speeches and to bless him. And, um, And we just felt that was a godly thing to do. But we went there in him. We didn't go to a 50th birthday party and go, great, church is over this morning. Now we can let our hair down, have a couple of drinks, whatever. No, we were in him. And, I, and we were only supposed to stay for an hour. And of course, I could not pull my husband out of there. He, it was a harvest field for him. And after about, you know, a long time, that's why we were a bit, you know, we were just cut it fine to get to church. But... I was, so, I was watching him and I was thinking, look at him. He is in Christ. He is living in him. And I, I went and said, we really have to go. I've got to preach tonight. You've got to give me at least time to have a cold shower. And he says, oh, it's so exciting. And his eyes are like, and you can tell when Jesus is in his eyes because he waves out the windows, you know, because your eyes are the windows of your soul. And Reinhard Bonnke says every now and again, Jesus waves out the windows. Well, Jesus was waving out the windows of Phil's eyes because they were like this. And he said, oh, it's so exciting. See that couple, they're coming to church and that couple are coming to church. And I witnessed to them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I told them about Jesus because he was in him. A lady had a really bad back. She said, I've got to go. I can't talk to you anymore. My back is spasming. I'm in agony. He's just there right in the middle of the party, eyes open in Jesus' name. I command that back to be healed. And she gets tears in her eyes. She said, oh, that's so lovely. And it's really bad. It really hurts. And he said, God's in the 
miracle working business. She said, I would need a miracle for my back. It's so bad. He said, that's right. That's why I'm praying for you. Be quiet and receive. And it was just so beautiful. Because why? Because he was in him, in him, in him. We live. Jesus says, John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. You see, we think we can live outside of him and have life, but there is no life outside of Jesus Christ. There's no life outside of him. If you live in him and he is the life, don't you think that you're going to have a better life? I mean, it's okay. He'll go with you anywhere. Anywhere. He ate with the tax collectors. Amen. He laid hands on prostitutes. He's not afraid of people and surroundings. He'll go anywhere with you. If you're willing to take him, he'll go with you. You can live in him and you can be the same light that he was in those dark places if you're in him and you live in him because he is the life. And when you're in him, And you walk into a situation, guess what? You've got life on you. It's on you to give. You've got it on you to give because you're in Him. You don't go there and give some patsy answer or or try and pray for someone with your emotional uh, compassion. But you go in there and you touch someone and the life of Jesus Christ, life, 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 life comes through you. And guess what? They come alive. There's more ways to raise the dead than just being stone dead. You can raise the dead every day. Because those who do not know life, when they come into contact with life, come alive. Amen. John 10.10 says this. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and life to the full. He doesn't want you to be deprived of life. You don't have to be a square widow and sit up in a tree like some monk and pray all day to be in him. To be in him, you need to get out there where he wants to go. But make sure that you're walking with his feet, that you're touching with his hands, that you're bringing his life and life to the full. He wants life to the full. Another, another interpretation of that. Another scripture says, life in abundance. In abundance. In other words, a never-ending flow of life. An abundant life. Good things, great things, even greater things, even better things. If we live in Him. Live in Him. John 1.4 says this. In him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. If you're in him, see Sharon, she's shining at me right now. Do you know when you're up here preaching, you can see light? (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, you're all shining at me. But Sharon's just going, because obviously she's been in him. Because I can see it. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. They live in darkness. They're longing for light. 
They're looking for a light, a way out. I was reading, I was looking at some stuff on um, YouTube. That's so good. I love YouTube, but you can get kind of weird places. But anyway, you've got to bring yourself back. And because I was trying to find some prophetic preaching and I put in prophetic preaching. Oh my gosh, you should see what I got. All this weird stuff. Anyway, I shut that down, shut that down. Some guy with a bald head with a tat across here said he had the prophetic for the millennium. And I went, woo, okay, shut him down. And um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Why was I saying all that? And, and uh, what was I saying all that? Bring me back. Mm-hmm. What was I saying just for that? Internet, YouTube. Yeah, before that. Shining, light. They're looking for light. They're looking for light. And so I'm looking at this YouTube thing, and I, I don't know how through prophetic preaching, I ended up looking at people with near-death experiences. Anyway, there I was. And there was this old lady, and she was about 90, this little YouTube, and she's sharing about when she was 17 years old, and she was glowing with light. I mean, she's in her 90s, James. She was glowing. Amen. And she's sharing about when she was 17 years old, she was not a believer, and she had a ruptured appendix, and she died. And she came out of her body, she said she went up, but then she looked down and she was starting to get sucked down and it was just all these really hot flames and the stench, she said, just nearly making her vomit. The stench of it was just incredible and she was, said it was, like, it was like burning flesh, but the people, weren't, the people weren't dying. Their flesh was burning off them, but they were just screaming out, screaming out, and she's getting sucked down. And then she remembered from Sunday school, praise God for all the Sunday school teachers and the kids' church leaders, yay, yay, yay. And she goes, oh, I remember in Sunday school that name Jesus. So she just goes, Jesus, 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 really fast like that, as you would do if you've been sucked down into hell. And, um, and the next minute, the heavens open, Jesus starts to come down over the top of her and he comes under her and he catches up in his arms and he looks straight into her face like that. And she said the light of his face was the most... She said, I'll never forget, she's 90 and she's crying. This happened when she was 17. You, I can't even describe his face. The light that came from him was like love that just poured out all over me. And he said to her, if you serve me, I'll save you. And she said, I'll serve you. Now I've seen you. I'll serve you with everything I've got. You're light, you're love, you're beautiful. I'll do anything for you. And he said, Good. And the next minute, she wakes up in the morgue. And there's a little nurse putting the tags on her toes. And she'd been dead four hours. And they were tagging her. And she says, hello, my name's Edna. And the little nurse screams, runs out, and gets a couple of doctors and has a heart attack. And they say, get her a room. She's alive, for goodness sake. And so they get this lady out of the morgue and put her in a room. And she's 92. She's still testifying. Because Jesus is the light, amen? He's the light of mankind, and we can have that inside of us. We don't have to have a a terrible experience like that to know that Jesus is the light. We just have to get with him every now and again and get some light on us, amen? And then it says, for in him we live. And then the next thing, what does it say? We move. We move. We move. And you read this scripture this morning, Phil, and I think Jake has been on this scripture as well. Um, trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. 
trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him or acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. You know, before I make any move in my life, I ask, I inquire, even the simplest of things. You know, sometimes we think, oh, we're just going here, but maybe God doesn't want you to go there. Maybe he wants to divert you from an accident or protect you, or maybe he needs you to be there. And we need to ask. The early disciples ask the Holy Spirit all the time. And you hear, you hear accounts of, them, of the Holy Spirit intervening, saying, don't go there, go here. Don't go there, wait, because they're going to kill you if you go there. You need to stay. Lucky no one's going to kill us right now in, in Aussie land. But who knows? Amen. So you need to move in him. Move in him. Let every movement be in him. Amen. And let him control your thoughts and decisions. If you go to move to touch something that you shouldn't be touching, then let Jesus move your hand away. Amen. If you go to walk where you shouldn't be walking, then let Jesus make you walk back away from it. Amen. If your eyes begin to watch something you shouldn't be looking at, then let Jesus cover your eyes and cover you with his grace. Amen. And move in him. Make every decision. Make every decision according to him. I judge it by my spirit. I know that when when I feel yucky in my spirit, it's usually Jesus saying, get out of there, back away, turn it off, don't touch. Yeah, I know. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to move in him. There was one time where Gemma and I were walking through a shopping center. She's very spiritually discerning, my daughter. They all are, filled with the four prophet daughters. Yeah, there is a fill in the Bible, you know, with four daughters that were prophetesses. And he's got a wife prophetess as well. The poor guy can't move. But anyway, I'm walking through this shopping center with Gemma. And I just, you know, we're going to walk past this thing. And I'm trying to teach her that we can move in God no matter where we are. And there was this place that was like one of those incense burning places, you know, sell occult books and all that kind of stuff. She goes, oh, I hate those places. I don't want to go anywhere near that. And there was a guy out the front and he was juggling, trying to get people to come in. And he was like one of those real hippie looking guys, new agey, juggling like that. And I said, Gemma, you don't need to be afraid of that. You don't need to be worried about that, see, because we are, in, in us is Jesus, and in him we move. And you watch when we move past them, and I, we just went to walk past them, and I said, Jesus' name, and he dropped all the balls. Gemma goes, oh, can I try that? So we went back here like this, and he started juggling again, and she says, in Jesus' name, he dropped all the balls. This is when she was younger, of course. And, and, and it was like I was teaching her that in him we can move, amen? We can have our being. We don't have to be pulling away from things. We are the head and not the tail. We have authority in him if we live and we move in him. And lastly, in him we have our being. Amen. Ephesians 3.16 I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. There's a place inside of you that is the innermost part of your being that no one else knows. In fact, you don't even know it yourself. The scriptures clearly tell us that we don't even know our own hearts. But God knows that place. 
He knows the very core of your being. He knew you before you were created in your mother's womb. He spoke you into being and placed you there. And then he watched as you were formed in the secret places of your mother's womb in the dark where no one else could see, but he watched. He knew everything about you. He knew what you were going to say before you said it. He knew the day you were going to walk, the day you were going to talk, the day you were going to get your first little curl. He knew everything. He wrote it in his book. And he writes about you daily because he knows the very core of your being. And if you are in him, you won't run around to everyone else looking for acknowledgement and looking for praise and looking for understanding. You won't draw on your husband's women saying, but you don't understand me. Please tell me you love me. And you won't draw on your wife's husbands, but you don't meet my needs. Of course she doesn't. She's not supposed to. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus meets the core being of our needs. Because if we're unsatisfied in our core being, we will always be crying out, you see. But when we're in him and he is in us and then we are in the Father, then in the core of our being, there comes a cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father, Abba, Father. It's then that we know in the core of our being who we are, why we're here, who we belong to, why we are shaped the way we are, why we act the way we do, and where we are going. If we are in Him, in the very core of our being, we will never, ever, ever be dissatisfied. As women and as young girls, we spend so much time adorning the outer layer of our beings, trying to get acceptance. And I'm speaking to the young girls in this house tonight and even some of the older girls. You know, if someone would just say that I'm beautiful, then my whole life would have meaning. If I could just look like that model, then I would have meaning. But it says here in 1 Peter 3, 4, don't do that stuff. Rather, It should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. It's who we are in here, girls. It's who we are in here, men, in the inner core of our being that tells us who we really are. When we are in him, And so you say, Pastor Julie, I want to be in him. I want to live in him. I want to move in him. I want to have my being in him. But how do I do that? Put away the distractions of everyday life and have a simple devotion to God. A simple time where you pull away And just say, God, come in me. 
Not a time where you're praying, 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 praying. There's times for that. Not a time where you worship, 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 worship. There's times for that. But a time where you pull away and you stop and you say, God, be in me, but let me be in you. Let the two of us become one. Unity of the Spirit between the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit and me. Let us be one. And there is a spiritual thing that happens. The Holy Spirit comes and he hovers over the waters like he did in the book of Genesis where he created the earth. Amen. And the Holy Spirit comes and he comes upon you like he did on Mary and impregnated her with, the, with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes and he imparts a oneness of spirit to you and he draws you in to that mysterious, beautiful place of light and peace and surrender where you become one and you become in him. I was doing that yesterday. Just put my earphones in and thank you for iPhone because I love music. And it's a great, it's great if you just put it in there because it's just in you and no one else is sharing in. It's like kids always say, Mom, turn your music off. And it's like, no, no, no. Now I've got it all to myself and I can just go anytime I want to and go into that place. And so this is how I do it. Other people have got other ways to get into that place of intimacy with him. But to me, it's music. And so I... I thought, I, I need something fresh. God, show me something fresh. And I quickly went through YouTube and I saw this album. I went, God said, that's it. And I said that. And then he, I bought it. I put it on my phone. I said, that song there. And I played the song and I just was crying, just laying on my bed, this music in my ears, because I knew that it was God saying what I wanted to preach was real. And what I was feeling was true. I knew it was the affirmation of my father. And these are the words of the song, and it's called Simple Devotion. It's by Misty Edwards and from the album Eternity. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. If you really want to get into a deep prophetic anointing in worship, Misty Edwards, this album's called Eternity. Simple Devotion. And these are the lyrics. It says, over and over and over and over again, I will stir up my soul to lay hold of you. Over and over and over again, I will stir up my soul to lay hold of that which I cannot comprehend. Over and over again. And then I'll just lean in the sovereignty. I'll embrace a mystery and I'll rest in you as I bathe in truth. Over and over and over again, this is my simple devotion. My walk of faith, day by day, over and over again. And then I hear you say, as you gaze over the balcony of heaven, I hear you say, as you peer through the lattice of time, I hear you say, as you stand in heaven, I hear you say, as you rejoice over me, Oh angels, oh angels, look and see. Through the dark night of faith, she is gazing at me. Oh, angels, oh, angels, look and see. 
through the cloud of a lowing. She's gazing at me. And you have ravished my heart, my sister, my bride, with one glance of your eye, over and over and over again. Let's stand to our feet. I could have the worship team. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Yes, you come. If we ask him to, he will come right now. If you lift up your hands and worship him. Why don't you enter into that place right now? If you want to just come and just sit on the altar or stand on the altar or lay on the altar and just find that place in him, I promise you that he will come. Because he doesn't get us to speak stuff like that and not back it up. Amen. Today, today, he wants you to come into him. So we gaze into you, Lord. Gaze into your beautiful eyes, your beautiful face, your beautiful smile. And we say, love us, Lord. Let me be in you, Lord. You be in me and I'll be in you and we will be one. Holy Spirit, come, yeah. Let the light of Jesus fill this place.